All right, it's that time again. Fitzy Friday, and we are on chapter two of The Great Gatsby. Um, it's kind of flipping through here. I've got a decent amount of notes um, in these chapters, but nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, so just to just to jump right in here, um, not waste any time. Um, we get the start of this chapter. We get. the start of this chapter, we get, um, a description of the, um, the ash heaps, um, the Valley of Ashes, as it's called, um, st chapter starts off about halfway between West Egg and New York. The motor road hastily joins the railroad and runs beside it for a quarter of a mile so as to shrink away from a certain desolate area of land. This is a Valley of Ashes. A fantastic farm where ashes grow like wheat into ridges and hills and grotesque gardens, where ashes take the forms of houses and chimneys and rising smoke, and finally, with a transcendent effort, transcendent effort of men who move dimly and already crumbling through the powdery air. Um, everything in this valley of ashes is described as as bleak, um, as just kind of run down. Um, and then there's, there's, there's this one, uh, particular distinguishing feature, which, which pops up again later in the book. And, uh, this is, this is one that I'm sure all high school teachers highlight as well. Um, so, but above the gray land and the spasms of bleak dust, which drift endlessly over it, you perceive after a moment, the eyes of Dr. T.J. Eckelberg. The eyes of Dr. T.J. Eckelberg are blue and gigantic. Their retinas are one yard high. They look out of no face, but instead from a pair of enormous yellow spectacles which pass over a non-existent nose. Evidently some wild wag of an oculus set them there to fatten his practice in the borough of Queens, and then sat down himself into eternal blindness, or forgot them and moved away. But his eyes, dimmed a little by many paintless days under sun and rain, brewed on over the solemn dumping ground. Um, so you also get the sense that, um, among other things, this Valley of Ashes is kind of neglected. It's, um, it's not somewhere you want to be. This doctor put up this sign and, and, uh, at some point he dipped. Um, it's also described as, uh, the solemn dumping ground, um, so it's it's like a trash heap sort of. Um, one of the original titles for the um, for the book that uh, Scott came up with was "Among the Ash Heaps and Millionaires," I do believe. Um, and this this portion, this um, ash heap, um, valley of ashes, pops up repeatedly throughout the story. Um, Let's see. And then, let's see. A pair of enormous yellow spectacles. I believe I said last week that um, the color yellow pops up a ton in this book. Um, and it's used to describe things in interesting ways. Um, this is not particularly 
interesting of a way. Yellow spectacles is not that um, not that wild. On the next page, um, it says the only building inside was a small block of yellow brick sitting on the edge of the wasteland. Um, it says the fact that he had one was insist. Oh wait, okay. so they're talking about Tom Tom Buchanan. Um, talking about his mistress, and um, it says. Though I was curious to see her, I had no desire to meet her, but I did. Um, see, um, I went up with, I went up to New York with Tom on the train one afternoon, and when we stopped by the ash heaps, he jumped to his feet and, taking hold of my elbow, literally forced me from the car. Um, you got more, um, more of Tom here, just being a bully. Um, let's see. I have a note at the bottom of this, um, fairly straightforward, violence and force are constantly attributed to Tom. Um, so you meet, you meet Myrtle and you meet, um, her husband, George Wilson, who is like a mechanic. Um, but he also like buys and sells cars. Um, so he's, he's obviously his, his shop's pretty much the only building. Um, okay, so let's see, it says it's the only building in sight, yeah, but there's three, there's three shops in it, so, um, George Wilson is an interesting character here, um, cause for the large part of the book, he's just kind of the, the victim of things that are going on around him, um, and one of, one of my, one of my good friends, thinks he is, um, I'd have to look up exactly what he said, um, because I don't want to put words into his mouth, but, um, he said, he says, I think that Wilson is the only one truly living the American dream, um, worked his ass off, um, to build said failing business that requires an actual trade to learn, um, and and I do agree with with that statement. Um, this book is about the American dream, um, and I think it I think it is in a lot of ways. Um, one of the original title, one of the actually not one of the original titles, but uh, about a month before Gatsby went to press, uh, Fitzgerald wired Max Perkins, his editor, and said, "Crazy about the title under the red, white, and blue. How much delay would it cause to?" Um, to change the title but at that by that point they had all the all of them like printed up i think um probably and maxwell perkins basically um to paraphrase he uh sent him back and said no dice like it's uh it's too late not gonna happen um so we get this scene with uh george um wilson kind of being I don't know if bullied's the right word, but his his wife kind of sends him off on like a little errand. She's like, go get some chairs so uh, they can sit down. Um, talking about Tom and Nick. Um, and by the time he gets back with the chair, uh, Tom has already asked her to come with him, like to get on the train and come meet him in New York. Um, and it's just, you just, you really could tell even more how bad of a 
person Tom Buchanan is when he's he's literally looking his mistress's husband in the eye and just like it's it's nothing to him. Um, this man means nothing to him. Um, so Myrtle agrees to uh, meet meet Tom in the city. Let's see. So Tom and uh, Nick are waiting waiting over by the train, waiting um, for Myrtle. And Tom says, terrible place, isn't it? Said Tom, exchanging a frown with Dr. Eckelberg. Awful, Nick says. It does her good to get away. Doesn't her husband object? Wilson? He thinks, he go- he thinks she goes to see her sister in New York. He's so dumb he doesn't know he's alive. This is, I've got a note here, Tom's superiority again. Tom just is constantly... Um, he's got to be, he's got to be top dog. He's got to be the alpha. Um, let's see. And then they're, they get to the city. They're in a taxi and, um, Myrtle wants to buy a dog. Um, let's see. Is it a boy or girl? She asked delicately. That dog, that dog's a boy. Um, the dog seller says it's a bitch said tom decisively here's your money go and buy 10 more dogs with it um just again tom has to be has to be a jerk um let's see keep in mind this is during prohibition so they've got a um but they end up with like a bottle of whiskey in a hotel room or an apartment rather um and Nick says, I've been drunk just twice in my life, and the second time was that afternoon. So everything that happened has a dim, hazy cast over it, although until after 8 o'clock, the apartment was full of cheerful sun. Um, so we get we get this, this uh, scene. It's the first scene in this apartment. There's another one later, um, and I believe I said I was talking about last... Um, Last week, how the novel's got like a fairly symmetrical quality to it. Um, it's like the second chapter, and again in the in like the seventh chapter, there's um an- another scene in the apartment, um, which is probably about roughly the same distance from the from the end of the book that this is from the beginning, um. Let me see. Okay. So it says, Miss Wilson, not talking about Myrtle, has changed her costume sometime before, had changed her costume sometime before, and was now attired in an elaborate afternoon dress of cream-colored chiffon, which gave out a continual rustle as she swept about the room. With the influence of the dress, her personality had also undergone a change. The intense vitality that had been so remarkable in the garage was converted into impressive hauteur. Her laughter, her gestures, her assertions became more violently affected moment by moment, and as she expanded, the room grew smaller around her until she seemed to be revolving on a noisy, creaking pivot through the smoky air. Um, so now that she's with Tom in this apartment in the city, she's gone, she's gone from a poor mechanic's wife to the mistress of a very, very rich man, and she is owning it. Um, she's acting like she's the wife, like she's entitled to all this. This is the type of person she was 
um, she should be all the time. Um, they have some, they have some more people over. Um, I like your dress, remarked Mrs. McKee. I think it's adorable. Mrs. Wilson rejected the compliment by raising her eyebrow in disdain. It's just a crazy old thing, she said. I just slip it on sometimes when I don't care what I look like. Definitely. She definitely changes when she gets around Tom. Um, say, there's another one. Uh, says implying that a dozen chefs awaited her orders there. Um, and Tom's demanding stuff. Let's see. And then we get this, this, um, scene on the next page says neither of them can stand the person they're married to talking about Tom and Myrtle. Nick says, can't they can't stand them? Um, she kind of, this is Myrtle's sister reiterates it. Um, and she says, she looked at Myrtle and then at Tom, what I say is why go on living with them if they can't stand them? If I was them, I'd get a divorce and get married to each other right away. Um, then they go down and they talk a little bit more. And it says, um, the reason, uh, they're, but, they blame Daisy. Um, he said she's a Catholic and they don't believe in divorce. Um, then Nick says Daisy was not a Catholic and I was a little shocked at the elaborateness of the lie. Um, so it's like Tom, I think is happy with Myrtle as his mistress. He doesn't want to, um, he doesn't want Daisy to like, no, no. Um, it's debatable. She probably, you can tell pretty, you can tell in the first chapter that she has a pretty good idea. Um, cause everybody knows, right. Um, but there's still that little, that little thread that's, that's connecting him and Daisy still, and he was refusing to get a divorce. So he's, um, I'm assuming it, it reads like t it's Tom's lie. Um, like that's why Tom told Myrtle he couldn't, um, he couldn't divorce her because she's she's because she's Catholic. Um, just like a little little lie there, so Tom can have both of his both of his girls still. So Nick's drunk. Page or two later. Um, actually, there is a interesting um thing, but uh, like where Myrtle's talking about um uh Wilson. George Wilson. She says, I married him because I thought he was a gentleman. I thought he knew something about breeding, but he wasn't fit to lick my shoe. Um, so he got, he got, he borrowed somebody's, see George, I think George at his heart, he goes through a rough break, um, at the, at the end of the novel, um, and kind of snaps. But I think before that, like he's probably one one of the more genuinely good people in the novel, which is not saying a lot in this novel because none of them are really, really good. Um, but he borrowed somebody's suit, best suit to get married in. Like he, he went, um, he couldn't afford his own like nice suit, but he, he still wanted Myrtle to have like the wedding, um, and to look nice and stuff. Um, at the same time though, it kind of seems like, um, which this kind of parallels um, the Gatsby um, Daisy narrative a little bit um, where he kind of George has led Myrtle to believe before they get married that he has a certain amount of um, money. It seems 
Um, and he borrows the suit to kind of seal the deal and get married to her. And then um, he never told her that he borrowed the suit. Um, the the man came uh, after it one day when he was out. So that's how she found out about that. Let's see. So let's see. The bottle of whiskey, a second one, was now in constant demand by all present, excepting Catherine, who felt just as good on nothing at all. Tom rang for the janitor and sent him for some celebrated sandwiches, which were a complete supper in themselves. I wanted to get out and walk eastward toward the park through the soft twilight, but each time I tried to go, I became entangled in some wild, strident argument, which pulled me back, as if with ropes, into my chair. Yet high over the city, our line of yellow windows must have contributed their share of human secrecy to the casual watcher in the darkening streets. And I was him, too, looking up and wondering. I was within and without simultaneously enchanted and repelled by the inexhaustible variety of life. First of all, beautiful sentence to end that, to end that line. Um, we get yellow windows. Um, the word yellow pops up a lot here. Um, and I think it goes on with the theme of like money, um, yellow gold. Um, that is one of the, uh, a big, big things in in the novel big themes um so let's see yeah nick's just like super drunk um and we have this weird moment at the end of the chapter that um mr mckee one of the guests they have over um was asleep on a chair with his fist clenched in his lap, like a photograph of a man of action. Taking out my handkerchief, I wiped from his cheek the remains of the spot of dried lather that had worried me all the afternoon. Um, that's another part, and then there's another line, like the the last, some of the last bit of this chapter is more stuff that people point to that say, um, Nick is gay or Nick is bi, and like I like I mentioned last week. Yeah, probably, but I um beyond the the sense that um it kind of shows it kind of points towards him as an unreliable narrator, I don't see um I don't see it being that that important to the plot itself. Um I think we're prone now um to go back in in literature and we almost want to find more gay characters since it was such a like um, repressed um, thing and even illegal in in some countries uh, for a while um, before for too, too long ago. Um, So I just, I just don't see it as being um, all that important to the plot. Um, and I definitely don't. A lot of people say say that points to Fitzgerald um, himself might have been gay or bi, and I I don't think there's any any proof of that. Um, let's see. And says next page says then Mister McKee turned and continued on out the door, taking my hat from the chandelier. I followed. Come to lunch someday, he suggested as we groaned down in the elevator. Where? Anywhere. Keep your hands off the lever, snapped the elevator boy. I beg your pardon, said Mr. McKee with dignity. I didn't know I was touching it. 
All right, I agreed. I'll be glad to. And then there's just like a set of ellipses and it says, I was standing beside his bed and he was sitting up between the sheets, clad in his underwear with a great portfolio in his hands. It's just a weird transition. Um, and you can read right over it. And you're just like, okay, that's weird. Um, it's not something a lot of people, I'd say it probably, probably gets noted in schools now. Um, but it's just a, just a weird little, little thing there. Um, see, then I was lying half asleep in the cold lower level of the Pennsylvania station, staring at the morning tribune and waiting for the four o'clock train. Um, so yeah, next, next, probably, probably at the very least by, cause he does, he does seem to have genuine affection and, um, desire for Jordan Baker in, in large portions of, of the book as well. Um, but I think there's other things that also point towards him being an unreliable narrator besides, besides just that. Um, going back to that line says, and I was him too, looking up and wondering. I was within and without, simultaneously enchanted and repelled by the inexhaustible variety of life. He sort of almost has, has like, he's so drunk, he has an out-of-body experience um, in a lot of ways. Like, he's he's at the party, um, and he's there, but he's also looking at it from almost like a different perspective at the same time. Um Let's see. So this chapter, I think a lot of this chapter is just more more character development, um, particularly for Tom. Um, well, I don't want to say development, more um, kind of more introduction for Tom. Same old, same old. It's it's proven by this point that he's not not a good person. You meet George and Myrtle, who are very um, very important characters um, towards the end towards the end of the novel. Um, and we get some, we get some good symbols with the eyes of Dr. TJ Eckelberg that, uh, that billboard that, um, is, is important later on. Um, so this chapter, I feel like stuff happens, but nothing that is immediately apparent as being, um, all that important. It's a lot of, a lot of setup. Um, there's some, there's some beautiful lines, of course, in there. Um, but I think, I think in my opinion, the main thing is just this, this chapter is, is set up and, um, it's still early, early in the novel. Um, see chapter ends on page 38, um, in my version, um, which is the pretty, pretty standard Scribner's paperback version that I'm using for this, um. And, and there's 180, 180 pages. So we're, we're, we're still a little under a quarter of the way, quarter way through the book. Um, and I'm going to pretty much going to cut it off, cut it off there. Um, shorter, shorter episodes, not, a, not a ton in this chapter that, um, I really want to dig dig into um there's there's definitely some important stuff in here that sets up the um the rest of the book um, so yeah i hope you guys are enjoying going through this book with me it's 
like I said, probably a thousand times. It's it's my favorite book, my my favorite author. Um, there's it's it's older, so there's there's a few things in there that um are not okay, and I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring those to attention. It's only fair to um mention mention the bad with the good. Um, but I don't think that um distracts from the quality um of the writing itself um the quality of what the book is and what the book is designed to do um it doesn't excuse it either but i think so i think it's important to to point it out and talk about it but um i don't think there was any of that in this chapter um get another another couple chapters in um there's 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 one or two scenes specifically um that i can think of that um i want to i want to talk about but um yeah that's it for uh this fitzy friday um probably going to be the shortest one um if i had to guess um it's a relatively short chapter to begin with it's only about 15 pages um and it's it's a lot of setup so um come back next friday with chapter chapter three um yeah that's all i got all i got for today so uh keep on reading